Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. Hey, everybody. Wow, 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 wow. How's it going? I was trying to say how, and I just started saying wow. Whoops. How's it going, everybody? You are listening to an episode of The Command Zone, an EDH podcast about all things Commander. I'm your host, Jimmy Wong. How's it? It's Josh Lee Kwai. And today we are going back, friends. We are going right back to it. Deck doctors. We're the doctors. Josh are in the I, house. <laughs> we've got our stethoscopes on. We are about to take a list, and we are about to check it out, and we are about to doctor it up. So uh, the way that this contest has been working is you guys have been sending us your deck submissions of EDH decks that you need help with. Something's so wrong with them. So many submissions. So many submissions because we're giving away packs of the dark. Many thanks to Alexander Newman at Alexander New M. He writes for MTG Bro Deals. We met him in Vegas at our meetup and he donated very, very graciously these packs of the dark. So we're going to give them away on this Deck Doctor uh, segment and we had no idea going into this how many submissions we'd get yeah i thought it would be like most of our other contests uh no it was nope. it's like dragon week levels of submissions it's probably above dragon week actually i mean there's yeah. hundreds now and they keep coming in and they keep coming in we we get shoot we probably get like 10 a day now and and yeah in the beginning we got more like at the start day, yeah. and still we're getting like close to 100 a week so but these are good we love the deck submissions because it gives us a lot to choose from i guess it gives us a lot to choose interesting decks from as well mm-hmm. um and do not worry guys this contest is ongoing so even at a certain point we will not be giving away packs of the dark because we will run out but we're still going to award prizes for the decks that we select for our deck doctor series so don't worry. There's no it's a win-win. deadline. Yeah, it's a win-win. Um, and, of course, some people have asked this now because the contest has been going on for long enough. What if my deck has changed a little bit or if there's something a little different? Well, go ahead and send us the new link. Explain that this is, oh, hey, this is the second version of the deck I've sent. Um, I've tried something new out, et cetera, or whatever. And uh, that will, we'll just use that version when we're looking through them. Um, also, just a reminder, you're going to have a better chance of having your deck chosen if it's just uh, based around a commander and or a strategy that we have not covered yet. Yeah. Because the main goal, always make the show interesting, and it yeah. will be more interesting if we're not retracing old ground. So not saying you cannot possibly win if it's a commander we've talked about before, but it'll have to be crazy interesting. So yeah. your best bet. New new commander we haven't talked about. Yeah, and if you guys want to see what uh, commanders we have deck teched in the past, just go ahead and go into the shows and just scroll through. You can find that rocketjump.com slash the command zone. We've done Rafik in the past, Nekusar uh, to a certain degree, Marchesso, Titania, Titania, Joyra, Joyra yeah. Rune. Oh, we've done tons. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's 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 good to look through that. Um, or you don't have to. I mean, you can send in yeah. send in whatever. I mean, if you have something really cool or something that's different, uh, different than the norm, that will I think help at least push your entry to the interesting levels that we are looking for for these deck techs. And that doesn't mean that we're not going to take like a regular deck list for a commander that we just haven't covered yet. It could be you know it could be something that is more simple, but is a question that we wanted to address on the show for a while. Okay. All right. Uh, One last thing before we get into it and announce the winner. Go on YouTube, guys, and subscribe to us if you have not already. 
we have we're putting up videos for every single one of our uh podcasts and this episode is one of the ones that it will be very helpful to have a youtube video for because we're going to talk about a lot of cards uh we're going to be doing a lot of reading of cards and uh on the youtube channel our editor eli does a great job putting the cards up uh they're rotating through the space. There's really cool animations and you get to just see what's going on and you get to read the card and see the art for yourself and understand the reasoning behind our decisions. So you can find those links, of course, in the show notes below. Or you can just go on YouTube and search for The Command Zone. Yeah, you should find us pretty, uh, pretty Look much Look for the there. cool hand inside of the O. Yeah, and the number uh, which says what episode it is. Okay, let's do it. Let's talk about the winner of today's Deck Doctor. The commander is Corona the False God. And the winner of the Deck Doctor, his name is Andrew Hewitt. Congratulations, Andrew. Congratulations. Ding, 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 Hooray. Yeah. Uh, so let's read the text. Um, it's a legendary creature, Avatar. That's a 5-5. Five, five. It costs Wooburg, so white, blue, black, red, green, and one colorless. Six total. For a 5-5 five, five with haste, at the beginning of each player's upkeep, that player untaps Corona, False God, and gains control of it. Whenever Corona attacks, creatures of the creature type of your choice get plus three, plus three until end of turn. So if you control Corona and you're playing a goblin tribal deck, you're going to name goblins and all your goblins are going to be plus three, plus three until the end of turn. That's pretty awesome. And then the it's, next player will get control of Corona. Yes. Uh, provided she does not die. <laughs> right. Uh, so, but you're incentivized not to kill Corona because you're about to get her. Yeah, exactly. Or him. It's him. A her. Her. Yeah, Corona. My know. Corona. My Corona. You know what I could drink after this show? My Corona. So I may have mentioned in the past that we like to sing. Yeah, we are. I don't know if you guys know Josh. And we like to say Bing, 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 and sing. And we are, you know, we're definitely a boy band of sorts. What? I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. Let's read Andrew's note that he gave us with the deck, and it does help when you're submitting your deck if you give us some context for what you're having trouble with and what we can help out with. So, Andrew writes about his deck. It is a wall tribal deck. I already like it. Oh, yeah. The key cards being Vent Sentinel, Wakestone Gargoyle, and Assault Formation. It does a decent job of stalling out the game, but is usually beaten out before it can get out of control with damage. So it's having trouble winning. Right. And it's a wall tribal deck, which means walls all have Defender, which means this creature cannot attack. Uh, Vent Sentinel, Wakestone Gargoyle, and Assault Formations are all cards that get around that. Vent Sentinel just does direct damage based on Defenders you have. Wakestone Gargoyle lets you lets your Defenders attack. And Assault Formation does the same thing. Um, Assault Formation is the most recent card that came out in Dragons, I believe. Yep. And it's a really cool card. It's a really fun build around me. And Yeah, it not only lets your creatures with defender attack it also lets you pump their toughness and they do damage based on their toughness instead of their yeah so it's and the... one thing about walls is they have really high toughness and low power generally mm-hmm. and that's why you want assault formation because they assign their toughness rather than their power in combat and similar to duran the siege tower uh shout out to Vinny. i know you have a duran deck buddy uh so corona is a very interesting card um, because it has an element of chaos. So before we get into it, let's talk about Andrew's current build of the deck. And as a reminder, we are here to help, guys. So we're not trying to be critical. We're not trying to get have any personal attacks here. We're just looking at the deck list we've been provided, seeing what's wrong with it, seeing what needs to be tweaked, and telling you guys what we think is a fun direction to go with it. So this is a tribal deck. We haven't talked too often about tribal decks on the show. I think the closest we got is kind of a kiki-jiki deck that has a lot of tribal elements. You're right. We we probably need to do a full-on tribal deck one of these days. Yeah, or just even a tribal episode I think would be really fun. Mm -hmm. Um, But the main ingredient in this tribe, it's not really a tribe in the way that, you know, vampires or angels are a tribe. These are walls and defenders. Um, The win condition it's trying to get to is a big board state and then using Corona or uh, just having a card like Assault Formation or Wakestone Gargoyle to buff your walls or just give them the ability to fight and taking out people because you have these giant creatures that are very powerful that 
are hard to defeat in combat because they're like zero thirteens or whatever. <laughs> um, Corona helps with that, of course. The deck has a lot of flavor, but uh, I think the big thing that Andrew may be running into the problem is that it doesn't necessarily translate into consistency because the power level of walls and defender creatures is all over the place if you don't have these cards to enable them to be what you want them to become in the late game. Right, you're really... Uh, at the mercy of drawing like only a very small handful of cards that yeah. actually allow you to do stuff. Yeah. Like you can block everything coming in, but then what are you going to do to like, you know, knock out your opponents? Yeah. Yeah. So the deck is definitely a bit linear. It's focused on one thing and it has a little trouble interacting with the rest of the board, right? Because your walls are waiting for people to attack you. And if we're playing five colors, we should be utilizing the best parts of each color to make sure that we can get our game plan online consistently and sort of making our way to the late game when we can assemble the combo, essentially. Um, and this is actually very similar to what Josh has done with Nekusar and Marchesa, which is the commander is in the deck. In this case, the commander is outside the deck, but really the big cards you need are assault formation yeah you could think of assault formation as the real commander of the Mm -hmm. deck or duran the siege tower kind of um and i mean what what do those decks trying to do with marchesa um they've got key cards and you're just really trying to navigate the board state and the politics until you get to the point where you can grab that key card put it into play and then end the game or take control of it um and so this feels very similar you're going to want to be you know putting up your walls quote unquote (laughs) and literally literally and figuratively and then you know getting assault formation and playing it at that opportune time where you can just suddenly burst from nowhere and kill everybody yeah so looking at the list uh the first thing that i saw was there's uh kind of similar to the alesha deck tech there's a lot of inconsistency here there's a lot of flavor with a lot of cool walls uh andrew included a bunch of the original wall ofs Mm-hmm. Uh, wall of air, blood, bone, dust, essence, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but it, again, it doesn't translate into that consistency. So let's look at some cuts before we get into where we want to take the deck. Um, the first card here is Battle Rampart. And uh, Battle Rampart is, it's a wall, if you guys didn't guess. It's a two and a red for a one, three creature with defender. And it just you just tap it to give a target creature haste until end of turn. Well, I'll say one thing. If your walls aren't attacking and you're going to be playing them and most likely sitting back, your haste is not something you want in this deck. Especially not when it's like give one thing haste. If it gave all your stuff haste, that'd be Mm -hmm. one thing because then you can drop assault formation, play a couple guys, give them all haste. But just giving one thing haste, this really seems like it would only interact with Vent Sentinel. Yeah, exactly. But if it's only there for one card, I don't think it's probably worth it. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, The next one you have down is the Crude Rampart. So this is three and a white for a four or five creature wall. It also has morph for four and a white. So you can play it face down as a two, two creature for three, and then you can unmorph it for four and a white, which I don't know why you'd ever do that. Um, <laughs> because then it because attacking for attack. two doesn't do anything for you. Yeah. Uh, it'll take forever to kill somebody that way. And then it just costs more otherwise. So it's just a four or five wall. Again, probably just not enough board impact. Yeah. And I, I think I can understand the reasoning behind it. It's like, it's a four or five. When it's attacking, it's going to be a bigger beater. It's a right. Tarmogoyf, right? right? But at the same time, you're going to be cheating the toughness here with Assault Formation to be the attack power. So that's not necessarily what you're going to want um doorkeeper is here one in the blue for a zero four creature homunculus with defender and for two in the blue you can tap it and target player puts the top x cards of his or her library into her graveyard where x is the number of creatures with defender you control now this could potentially be good in the deck but you're milling people for five six cards it's gonna take you know like what is that 15, 16 turns to mill them out that yeah. way. And this this deck needs... To, if you're going to go mill in general, you need to be all in. Yep. It needs to be something that is... It's one of the truisms about magic generally is if you're going to mill, then you should be doing all mill. Yeah, You shouldn't be doing like partial... Part, part of your stuff is damage and part is mill because those don't actually add together. Like if you mill somebody for 10 and then hit them in the face for 10, right? neither, neither of those did anything yet. <laughs> Pretty much. You yeah you want to you want to max min max that a bit a bit more and mill in general also I just don't like it as a strategy in EDH I just don't think it works very well I mean if you have a dedicated mill deck then you can definitely do it but uh, in that case I find it more fun just to mill yourself and I mean use, if you like, have Una if you've got right. one of those generals that does it um, what's the one from uh, what's the Demir one 
from Theros, the god from the Theros block. Oh, um, Phoenix, god of deception. Yeah, so those you can do it, uh, but this is not the deck for it. Yeah, and if you're doing it, you should just be playing Laboratory Maniac and trying to win the game that way because that's way more fun. Um, okay, the next card we've got on here, I'm going to go with Jungle Barrier. Jungle Barrier. Shouldn't he be singing something new? It's just the barrier <laughs> necessities. <laughs> We like to say, wow, right? that was good. That's, that's like a high class pun on the show. I don't think we've gotten to that level of like, that's, that was elite. Uh, you know how bad we are when that's a high class pun. Yeah. Um, Jungle Barrier is two and Simic. So two, a green and a blue for a two, six creature wall. When it comes into play, draw a card. There are better ways to draw cards. Um, and we have a couple of... You're um, in five color. Just put Rhystic Study in the deck or something. Yeah, exactly. Um, there are a couple of walls that we kept in the deck that do draw a card when they come in. But Jungle Barrier, for one, it's also two colors. So two, a green, and a blue. You're not even necessarily going to be able to cast this on you know, on turn four when you would be casting this. And it, that's why I find with, like you just kind of... You don't want to like limit yourself. If you're trying to get card draw, like Josh said, there are much better ways to do it in five color. So. I mean, I would rather have a wall that does something else unless i had some flicker mechanics or some way to abuse this if it's just like a one-off draw card when i play this eh? yeah uh the next is perimeter captain it's a one white for a zero four defender whenever a creature you control with defender blocks you may gain two life here's the thing you don't need to gain life in this deck you are not getting hit in general because you have flying walls you have guard gumazoas and stuff in here um and like we said life gain is not integral to this deck there are better things to do with your creatures if you want to look at what your utility in your creatures is you don't want haste granters you don't want millers you don't want creatures that morph and you don't need creatures that gain you two life when you block this is just it's very similar to when we did the alicia deck doctoring which is you know you said at the start it's focus we see this from a lot of the deck doctor submissions is that you know, people want to have a little bit of a lot of stuff, but a little mm. bit of life gain is not that great. A yeah. lot of life gain is good because now you can put in a bunch of cards that say every time I gain life, I do damage. And you can turn that life gain into something. But if you've got three or four cards that gain life, it's yeah. probably not worth doing that. It's better to concentrate your deck to focus your deck. In fact, I bet at some point that's an entire episode. Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, just like splashing something for fun, being like, oh, yeah, life gain. I could see that being good. And I remember that other game, it would have been awesome if I could have done this. And it's like, that's a corner case scenario. It's not really going to help you out in the long run. Um, Phantasmal Abomination uh, is one and blue, blue for a five, five with defender. So you could be saying like, Oh, cool. That's, three mana for a five five uh but it has one phantasmal abomination becomes the target of a spell or ability sacrifice it and here's the thing this is a deck that's trying to go long right you're not looking to curve out efficiently with quote-unquote beaters you don't need a card that kind of just has pure downside one it's got two blue in the casting cost so that's hard for a five color deck to do in the early game and you're making it to the late game no matter what so you don't want your defender creatures that have a lot of power and stuff you don't want them dying to something very simple you don't want them just to disappear because they have this downside on them this is great in a deck that may be playing for you know 20 life games because you can find a way to cheat it out and do some fun stuff with it there but in something like this on turn three you don't want to be playing this it's too easy for somebody to just incidentally kill it just because they yeah can. exactly just because they can they're like oh i have a targeted ability boom yeah like a pinger yeah yeah um Tidal Wave is another one. Uh, it's a fun card. It's but. a cool card, and I understand why it's in here because of flavor reasons. And we do want to acknowledge this as a flavor deck. So you know we're gonna we're gonna talk about a bunch of cards that maybe you want to pull out, but you might keep sub in for flavor reasons. And mm-hmm. I get it because this is not a good card. Uh, it's two and a blue for an instant. It says put a wave token into play. Treat this token as a five five blue creature that counts as a wall. Bury this token at the end of the turn. So. At, at the next end step. Yeah, so you uh, bury, sacrifice so it's sacrifice. It, yeah. yeah. Um, so, again, it's just, it's like a combat trick. It's just not something we would normally play in EDH because one-time yeah. use, 5-5 five, five isn't even going to, most of the big threats that are that you're worried about, a 5-5 five, five wall is not going to do anything about. And then it's just like, it doesn't even stick around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, this is probably in here for flavor reasons, but if you want to give your deck some win conditions and give it some more consistency, then you've got to be willing to sacrifice some of 
effects like this yeah to put in the things that you need to put in so that your deck can win sometimes yeah and there's a card like walking wall too that it's it's four mana for a wall and you can pay man to give it the ability that uh wake stone gargoyle does which is you can attack as though it didn't have defender here's the thing when we're doing this and there's a couple of cards in here that have this ability and it's cute to have on a single card but you never want it to be on a one card basis it's not efficient to use your mana that way it's i mean it may be flavorful, but in this case, it's actually kind of a downside because you're not going to be killing anyone with a uh, like a three five wall anytime soon. Especially when you're draining three mana into it, when you could be do something more impactful that really affects the board state. So we want to just avoid just sort of the you know we're a tribal deck. We want all our cards to work together. We don't want cards to just be individual all stars because then you kind of lose the power of synergy. Okay, so we're all over the place here. It's a lot like the Alicia deck. Um... Alesha deck, Alicia, I don't know. We got taken to task no matter how we pronounce it. Yeah. Um, so let's move into... How we're going to clean it up. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so uh, worth noting, again, the deck has a couple of mana rocks and a few card draw spells. There are a couple of walls in here that tap for mana based on how many uh, walls you have or creatures you have with Defender. And there are a few tutors, but all of these numbers need to be up, up, up across the board. And if that means we're getting rid of some walls, losing a little bit of flavor... That's fine, because you don't want to play a deck that's just dead in the water 50% of the time because you're not able to draw into your win conditions. Well, and I think there's this feeling like, um, and it just depends on how you want to go, but it, you can have a deck that's very wall-centric mm-hmm. and that people go, holy crap, you're playing a lot of walls, but you don't need 50 walls in the deck. With 30 or 25, it'll still feel like that. Yeah. And your deck will still have a chance to do things and win. And it... You know, it's just how you want to go. But for me, if it's me personally, I want to play a deck that people go, wow, that's a lot of walls. Oh, my God, they're killing me. Yeah. Because that's way more impressive than, hey, that's a lot of walls. That's cute. You're dead now, though. Yeah, exactly. Oh, sorry. I just got through with Whisper Silk Cloak yeah. or whatever. Um, so let's talk about a couple of different ways to build this five-color Corona deck. Uh, first up is Tribal. So what we got here. Um, now, if you did Corona in a different way, I could see Elves goblins angels being a really fun way dragons yeah five color dragons would be really sweet just because you can you know cast corona and then all your dragons are plus three plus three in the air and just murdering people (laughs) um walls is definitely the one option inspired choice i gotta say (laughs) i never would have picked this if you asked me to make a tribal deck um it's dirtly but it's got a big crazy fun win condition and uh, the downside, of course, is it's a it's a vulnerable deck. Any tribal deck is vulnerable to board wipes more so than your regular deck because it doesn't have as much recoverability. Um, another way you can build Corona is just straight chaos. Get Corona out and just be like, hey, guys, go to town. You all get to swing with her. I'm going to play some crazy stuff that mixes all their stuff around to warp worlds in here, whatever, and just see what happens. And guess what the downside is? It's chaos. <laughs> it's going to be harder to win games because you're not going to be in control of everything your deck's doing. Yeah. Um, but Corona does sort of lend herself to that because, like I said, Corona is the type of thing where you don't want to kill her because you're going to get her next. Yeah. So, And also, you, I mean, if you build Corona to be a fun working chaos deck, you want her to swing at other people. It's right. kind of like when you play Edric. Edric's a commander that's amazing for the table because it incentivizes other people to swing at not you so they can draw cards. Yep. It's just an amazing barrier that doesn't actually do stuff like propaganda or whatever. It doesn't force someone to pay more. They just want to draw cards so they're going to swing at someone else. Um, so I think we're going to definitely go with tribal here. We're sticking with the original idea. It's really cool, I think. I think giant walls coming in and just like fighting you as a wall is mm-hmm. bizarre and interesting. And I don't really see much of... Uh, you see a lot of token strategies to do overwhelm and swarm, but you rarely see just like a bunch of big butts coming in and just smacking you and trying to take you to zero. I think it, it if you can make this deck competitive, it'll be impressive. People will talk about it. It'll be the yeah. walls deck, but it has to be able to win. Otherwise, it's just going to be cute. Yeah, exactly. And cute is fun. I mean, I don't disagree with the idea of a cute deck, but we're deck teching to make this into a fun experience for you. And fun, I think we can all agree, involves winning as often as you can um (laughs) so let's talk about the new plan of the deck we still got the same win condition uh sustain and stay on the board until other players are at low life and then drop assault formation uh drop event sentinel and just get aggressive and Mm -hmm. i think what we want to do here is use corona aggressively you know your deck is safe against corona for the most part because Unless someone's going super wide, you're able to block most of the things that are coming at you because you have a 0-13 on the board. 
Um, and you're going to want to try and find a way to incentivize players to attack each other. Uh, so put up the pillow fort um, and make sure your creatures are also indestructible. And the big thing is, and the big problem I saw with the deck list is, you weren't using all the five colors to their maximum potential. You have access to every card uh, that's not banned in EDH. So you should be doing some really cool, fun stuff because the reason you're playing five colors is so that you can have access to these cards and make your deck more powerful in that realm of uh, realm of things. And also, if your commander is really assault formation, then you need to really leverage all the colors to give you the most ability to find assault formation. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so let's talk about some good cards that are already in the deck. So Andrew put in, in the original deck list, all of the wall of sort of these classic cards from... Um, they go all the way back to like 7th edition Ice Age and as recent as M15. And uh, a lot of them are good. A lot of them are just subpar. And let's talk about some of the ones that are good. Let's start off with the Wall of Bone. So the Wall of Bone is uh, two in the black. Creature Skeleton Wall Defender. It's a 1-4. And it just has black Regenerate Wall of Bone. Now, this is just a card that is... The utility here is good because as long as you have one black up, this can stop anything on the ground that is gigantic or threatening to kill you um, because you can just regenerate it. And regeneration is really important if you're trying to go to the long game. Mm -hmm. Um, Another really good wall is Wall of Blood. We talked about this one for Alesha. Oh, yeah, that's right. You can pay one life to give this a plus one, plus one until end of turn. It's a zero, two. And it's just, you know, this says, like, hey, you're going to attack me with your 10-10. I don't care. I'm going to pay 10 life and kill it if you swing at me because I can just pump this up. And usually walls have zero power. And that's why people don't see them as threatening. But if you have something like this out where it's like, look, I'm going to make this terrifying for you, then it's much better because they don't want to attack into something that they know could instantly kill their creature if they... If It's if also they amazing you. with the salt formation because you're going to be able to just... If somebody doesn't have a blocker, yeah, you can just kill them by paying enough life with Wall of Blood. Mm-hmm. So that's very powerful. Um, another one I really like is Wall of Glare. It's one in a white for a zero five. It says Wall of Glare can block any number of creatures each combat. This is just a huge stop sign for token decks and things like that. It's mm-hmm. just you know it's almost like a fog that's on the table. Now it's not flying, but it it's very very powerful to just if something bad happens that you didn't see coming. This is a good backup plan of like, well, at least I can block everything. Yeah, exactly. And even if you don't have find a way to give it indestructible that turn or you know dark steel plate or whatever, it can still stop. Uh, infinite number of Kikijiki tokens coming in and killing you. Right. Or tokens from a Kikijiki. Well, Zealous Conscripts. Yeah, yeah Zealous Conscripts. Um, so that's really nice. Wall of Kelp is blue-blue for a plant wall, uh, and you can tap blue-blue and tap it and put a zero-one blue plant wall creature token onto the battlefield with Defender. So this helps for cards like um, uh, Vent Sentinel. This is just nice because it just gives you more chump blockers, and these are all things that are helping us get to the later game and just give us creative ways to use our mana um, because we're not necessarily going to be tapping out every single turn. Um, Wall of Mulch is a great card that works exactly with Wall of Kelp because uh, it's one in the green, and you can pay green to sacrifice a wall and draw a card. This could be one of the best draw engines in the deck, I think. Yeah, for sure. And you can just be cycling through your walls, and a lot of the walls are cheap too, so yeah. it becomes sort of like two mana draw a card. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Wall of Souls is another one. It's a one and a black for a zero four. It says whenever Wall of Souls is dealt damage, it deals that much damage to target opponent. Ooh, my god. This is a huge disincentive yeah. for them to attack you. So, Which is really what you want to do, uh, is just stop attacks from coming at you. Yeah, and the nice thing about this deck and the reason that it works is because you're not attacking someone else. Well, you're, you're just not threatening. You're not threatening anyone because your creatures literally can't attack. So the nice thing about it is just like, look, I'm not going at you because I literally can't. All my creatures say defender. So you have no reason to attack me. And if you do, I can like... I can use this card to just maybe kill someone else on the table. Or at least stop everything you're doing so you did basically nothing. You know, people don't like to make an attack that's just, like, going to leave them vulnerable and they didn't accomplish anything. So Mm. they're just not going to run their stuff into yours. Yeah. So the first category of cards that we want to add into the deck are just better walls. Better walls and better defenders. There are lots of really cool cards out there that work uh, well. Uh, Gomazoa is one of my favorites. It's two in the blue for a creature jellyfish with defender and flying. And it's not a wall necessarily, but it has defender. And I think that's where we're going to want to go with this tribal is defender walls. 
um, because guard gomazoa and a lot of the other uh, flying uh, gomazoas are jellyfishes. <laughs> so <laughs> jellyfish travel too, sure. Uh, but for gomazoa, you can tap it and put gomazoa in each creature it's blocking on top of their owner's libraries. Then those players shuffle their libraries. So this used to be a really good way to tuck a general. Yep. Which is well, like, they just look, wouldn't attack you. But... Yeah, exactly. But it's this, still they don't want to attack you. They don't want to just lose cards. Yeah, this is a really fun one um, because it's an effect you don't see very often, which is like, look, I'm going to block you, and then we're just going to straight up shuffle our decks and put all those cards there, which is really interesting. Uh, the next one is Wall of Denial. This is one and Azoria, so one, a white, and a blue. For a 0-8 defender with flying, flying is very important. Flying is important here. Yeah, um, and it has Shroud, so... Yeah, I think Shroud is a good thing to have on uh, uh, the Flying Wall specifically. And there's also three mana for a 0-8. That is... It's on turn three, you're just not attackable because that's going to yeah. block anything ground or air. There's very few creatures that'll get through a 0-8, at least until later in the game. So mm-hmm. it's just good. Just early on, you put it down and you're just pretty safe. Yeah. Uh, there's Sunweb, three and a white for a wall. <laughs> you're going to hear that a lot. Uh, it's a 5-6, so it's a very interesting wall. It has Defender, of course. It's flying as well, and it can't block creatures with power 2 or less. Now, this is just a good wall to have because it's a good... This can kill most stuff swinging at it in the air because of the power of 5. And it's also good late game, so this scales well with the deck because, let's say you don't have Assault Formation, you just have a Wakestone Gargoyle, in which case you have a 5-6 Flyer that can attack, and that could be enough. Uh, it turns into an 8-9 when you have your commander out and under your control. So Sunweb is just one of those walls that has power and is a decent mana cost um, and also really disincentivizes someone to attack you with a flyer because you can pretty much kill most anything with Sunweb in the air. I mean, most creatures, I, except for like big dragons, you'll find should be able to kill with mm-hmm, 5-6. Mm-hmm. Um, Tree of Redemption. Are you going to read that one? Sure. This card's bizarre. I've never seen this card played, and I want to play it in this deck. <laughs> it's three and a green for an, a zero thirteen. It's a creature plant. The stats are these are insane when you factor in what the salt formation does. Yeah, it's a creature plant. It has defender. It also says tap and exchange your life total with Tree of Redemption's toughness. So if you're ever below thirteen, you can just go back up to thirteen. Yeah, if someone swings it with lethal. Uh, you can just be like, eh, I'm okay. You well, if you, I mean it's like minimum, like yeah, you'd have to be. They'd have to have first strike or something, and yeah, you'd have so to you can be, do it in response. Yeah, it's it's yeah. I don't know if that exactly would work, but there were times you're below thirteen in life. You'll it'll just always put you back up to thirteen. Yeah. Um, but it's zero thirteen. Like nothing gets through it. Like, yeah, and it just has the added upside. I don't think you're going to use the ability too often, um, because it's a forty life game, and if you're below thirteen, <laughs> you're in pretty bad position anyway. Um, wall of roots great card this card actually i think belongs in just a lot more edh decks in general uh, it's one in the green for a creature plant wall and you can it's a zero five and at instant speed so on your turn at any turn at any point on anyone else's turn put a minus zero minus one counter on wall of roots add green to your mana pool and activate this ability only once each turn so it's so, kind of like a uh, land War elves uh mm-hmm. on a wall yeah and yeah. the instant speed of it i think is really important because that is actually really cool. You can do this up to five times before this wall dies, and it's just got a lot of utility. You can use that mana for a lot of stuff. Um, you've got Doran, the Siege Tower. I'm really surprised this wasn't on the original list. Uh, it just Doran is a very good commander uh, in his own right, but also fits in a five-color deck, obviously. Doran costs black, green, and white for a 0-5, but he's a legendary creature, Tree Folk Shaman says each creature assigns combat damage equal to its toughness rather than its power. So your zero thirteen wall, it now hits them back for 13 when they attack with anything. That's just a huge stop sign. They're just not going to be able to attack you. You're going to eat anything that attacks yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. And he's a three drop. You can get him out potentially turn three if you have a really good draw. And he's an 0-5, but he's actually a 5-5. Five five. Yeah. So, um, And we should read Assault Formation because <laughs> it is the card that wins the game in this deck. It, oh, yeah. We've just been alluding to it, and we haven't read it. Yeah. Uh, the card probably has shown up on the video by now, but it's one in the green for an enchantment, and it has the exact same text as Duran for the first part, which each creature you control assigns combat damage equal to its toughness rather than its power. Uh, and then for one green... Actually, uh, Assault Formation is different because it's each creature you control. Right. Um, Sorry, Duran, yeah, affects their creatures. Yeah, it's a he's like a universal world enchantment. 
Um, Assault Formation also has green target creature with defender can attack this turn as though it didn't have defender. Very cheap to do. And two in a green, creatures you control get plus zero, plus one till end of turn. So really the first two abilities are the most relevant. Um, it's kind of, it's going to be hard to pump this super high up, especially for Still, creatures. something that pumps all your creatures later game, you might be able to make four, guy, four of your walls attack and then pump them all for... Two or three? Yeah. I mean, yeah. that that does make a lot of damage over the uh, long I mean, they're run. walls. They're already going to be hitting for eight or nine because yeah. they're going to have an eight or nine toughness. Yeah, pretty crazy. Um, yeah, that's going to be the prime win condition in the deck. Once you get that out, you're going to suddenly flip from this guy that's not a threat to this guy that's the biggest threat at the table mm-hmm. or girl. Um, another card you've got down here, which is really good, is Rolling Stones. Oh, also band. a good band. Yeah. <laughs> it's one in a white for an enchantment. It just says walls may attack as though they weren't walls. Yep, this is kind of the card that every wall deck wants. Yeah, you definitely need this with Assault Formation. And if you have this with Doran, then it's basically doing what Assault Formation uh, does minus the pump, but it also doesn't cost you to attack with your walls. Uh, Yeah, this will probably be one of the cards that you want the most often. Yeah. Pretty good. Um, Let's see here. What else do we have? Oh, yes, we have a Rage Nimbus. Two in a red for a defender with flying, and I like this a lot. Uh, for one in a red, it's a 5-3, by the way. For one in a red, target creature attacks this turn if able. So this is actually something that it's weird because it it's like, no, you don't want them to attack. But if it's you're down to a 1v1 situation, or even if like three players are left, and one guy's like, crap, I don't want to swing out because I know they can swing back this actually can really push the game in a direction that you want it to be going in. Because if you're forcing them to swing, they're not going to want to swing at you if you have like a 13-13 wall that can kill them. They're going to point at the other person. If they're forced to tap out, that gives you the opportunity to come in for the win. Or it just makes them bash at each other when you've got your defenders up uh, or you've got you know your propaganda and stuff, which we'll talk about later, your pillow fort stuff. They might yeah. not be able to attack you because they might not have the mana, and then they've got to attack each other. Yeah. And that's kind of what you're doing, right? You're putting up a big fort, walls and stuff, and saying, you guys fight each other. I'll wait till that's over. <laughs> I'm and just going to chill back here, yeah. yeah. Uh, another good card in the deck is Drift of Phantasms. It's a two and a blue for a zero five spirit with defender it has flying but it has transmute for one and two blue so for one and two blue you can discard this card and then search your library for a card with the same converted mana cost that's three Mm -hmm. reveal it put it into your hand and then shuffle your library you can only do this as a sorcery so it's a conditional tutor but it can find doran yeah it It can can find find anything that's a three drop anything that's a three drop uh very powerful. Especially, it's not just creature-based, too. It's just any card that has the same converted mana cost. Especially since Doran specifically is so powerful because it makes all your walls into these things that actually eat your opponent's creatures. Yeah. That just ways to find Doran are real, is really good. Yeah, and uh, we should talk about Transmute more on the show. I think it's one of the most underrated abilities uh, on a card because... It's we, a tutor. It's a tutor, yeah. And it gives a card... I mean, that's why cycling on a card can be really good as well because it gives the card an extra option. Now, you may not use it necessarily. You may just play Drift of Phantasms as a 0-5 with Defender and Flying. But the ability to transmute and basically know that you can fetch out key parts of your deck with another card that still contributes to the synergy of your deck is exactly where you want to be with this kind of deck. And that's why our next section is getting to our win conditions. Um, and this one's pretty simple. It's called Tutors. Yep, it's called it's called Tutors. This can get expensive. There are a few ones that are cheaper. Yeah. Uh, a lot of ones like Demonic Tutor, Idealic Tutor, Enlightened Tutor. They're spendier. Yeah, and we did a whole episode on Tutors if you guys want to look back at that. Now, the nice thing about this deck is that you get access to Tutors in all the colors. Specifically, though, you're going to want to be looking for Tutors that can get Creatures and Enchantments because Assault Formation is the cre- is the card that you want, or Duran, um, or Vent Sentinel. Um, Rolling Stones. Rolling Stones, yeah. So all these cards are the ones that you want to be able to get to your win condition. And so Worldly Tutor, Beseech the Queen, or some of them are the cheaper options. Um, Defense of the Heart and Survival of the Fittest are a bit more of the expensive ones to get creatures out specifically. And I don't know. I can't stress this enough. It, it feels, it may feel boring. It may feel like, oh, I'm just, you know, I'm getting my tutor to get my things out or whatever. But that's, the the deck is here to do something. And if you're not doing it, then the deck is kind of, I mean, it's just not a fun game experience, I don't think. Well, if you're playing Wall Tribal, your ability to turn your walls into attackers is just you have to have that at some point mm-hmm. so to me there's just not very many cards in magic that that do that 
So you got to be able to go find one of those two or three cards. Yeah. So that's not a big deal. And also, it's not like you're going to find an infinite combo. Right. Like I said, if you think of Assault Formation as your commander, then you are just playing a bunch of cards that give you access to your commander. And yeah. the deck's not really built to do like a bunch of infinite combos or something crazy no. with all yeah. those tutors. This is a very straightforward yeah. deck with just a lot of flavor. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm fine with it. It's not tutoring for degenerate stuff. It's literally tutoring to allow your creatures to attack. Yeah. So the big thing is making it to the late game. Um, and the, Actually, the other, the other reason I like this deck is that it requires a good amount of politicking to really pull off correctly. Because if yeah. someone knows what this deck does, they're going to be like, well, let's just kill him before he gets his walls out. And then you're in the position where you have to play really well. Hard to and, do, though. Walls yeah, have a lot of toughness for their mana cost. You're almost always going to be in a position where they might be able to take you down, but it's just going to take a lot of chipping away. Yeah. And that's what you want to stress to them when you're talking to them. It's like, hey, listen, I'm not saying you can't kill me, but you Is can attack him with two with your two creatures and do 12 damage. And if you do the same thing to me, you're only going to get through for three. Yeah. You know, it's just going to take longer. Do you want to, do you want to do that now or later? <laughs> Pretty much. That's why you have to make it to the late game. And that's why, even though people aren't going to be incentivized to attack you, you're still going to want to put cards like ghostly prison in here. Um, because this stops one of the things that can beat this deck, which is like a giant going wide token strategy. Yeah. Uh, ghostly prison and propaganda, both basically the same card. One's blue, one's white. They're both enchantments, and they make it cost two mana per creature that your opponent wants to attack you with. So if they want to attack you with 10 co- tokens, they better have 20 mana. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, exactly. Um, yeah, I would say Collective Restraint is another one to look yes, at. Yes, that, that's a really good one. Yeah, which basically is like propaganda, except for the amount of mana they have to pay is contingent upon the amount of basic land types among lands you control. So right. if you're in a five-color deck, they might have to pay five mana per, per creature they want to attack you with. It's just a huge stop sign. Yeah, it definitely is. Uh, and one card that is interesting that may seem like it goes against this is Grand Melee. This card is insane. It's three and a red for an enchantment. All creatures attack each turn if able. All creatures block each turn if able. So you're definitely blocking, but your creatures are not necessarily able to attack. So this is a card where you get to choose when you have to adhere to this downside, but everyone else on the table is like, oh, I guess the world's at war, and we just kind of got to go for it i Um, really like this card in this deck it's just forcing action and you're in such a good better position to deal with aggressiveness than everybody else probably is yeah especially if you have propaganda they can't even attack you with it uh so they have to (laughs) attack each other and you're just sitting there and none of your creatures have to attack so they're tapped out every turn yeah because they have to attack with all their creatures and you can't so you're sitting there like have fun, guys. Have fun, yeah. And, and if you guys do attack me, you have to pay through my ghostly prison or whatever, or you just have to know that you're not going to deal much damage to me. Yeah, this card seems really good in this deck. Yeah. It seems really fun. You're just going to be able to sit there and be like, ha-ha. Another card I thought about that you introduced me to was uh, that I didn't put on this list originally was Aether Flash. Oh, yeah. So it's an enchantment for two and a red. Whenever a creature enters the battlefield, Aether Flash deals two damage to it. This is great for you because... All your you- creatures have five or six t- toughness or yeah. 13. Yeah. And this kind of just kill like Prophet of Crufix is never coming out. <laughs> uh, it's two three, right? Is it? Yeah. Dang um, it, Prophet of Crufix, you are. <laughs> but too... Kiki Jiki will just die. Yeah, Kiki Jiki will just die. A lot of tokens. utility creatures will die. Yeah. Um, a lot of the creatures you'd be worried about. You know, what are you going to be worrying about here now? So you're not worried about flying creatures, just big creatures. Um, you're not worried about a lot of creatures because Ghostly Prison and stuff takes care of that. So you're worried mm-hmm. about unblockable creatures. Yeah. Is the next thing that you sort of have to worry about. Um, we talked about Righteous Aura as a card that might be a good idea in this deck, especially since you've got a lot of ways to go find an enchantment because yeah. you're going to want to go find uh, a salt formation. So Righteous Aura we've talked about. Um, what episode did we talk about that? Yeah. Um, this would be, I believe, one of your five-color episodes. I'm not sure. My memory is a little fuzzy. Anyway, oh, we were talking about Force Field, and it's a good uh, rip. Oh, right. In the High Rollers episode. Anyway, so Righteous Aura is one and a white for an enchantment. It says, pay a white and pay two life. And the next time a source of your choice would deal damage to you this turn, prevent that damage. So this will stop your Rafik Voltroni decks that are going to put Whisper Silk Cloak, which gives something unblockable on something huge and just get past all your walls. So you want a few cards, I think, that if you look up and it's like, uh-oh, they got a Rafik deck or, uh-oh, they got a one of those Voltron decks or an Infect deck or a Xenagos mm-hmm. deck maybe that's going to be like, oh, they're going to swing at me with one big thing that they make unblockable. Yeah. Well, this is a card you can go get. Um, 
Yeah, and two life to stop 20 commander damage. It's fine. It's doing exactly what your deck's going to do, which is like, I'm not saying that you're not going to get through for any damage. I'm just saying I'm going to block most of it. Yeah, exactly. And with 40 life, if you're blocking most of it, people just don't want to waste their time swinging at you. Yeah, exactly. It's not good for them to do it. Well, if I can make Rafik with double strike hit somebody for 25 commander damage... But for you, it's just you're going to take two normal damage? Yeah. Well, I'm just going to swing at the other guy then. And figure out how to deal with you later. Yeah, exactly. Which is kind of nice. The whole like, uh, ah, he has all those walls up. I'll just figure out how to deal with him later. Well, it's easy to convince yourself to do that too because it's like, well, they're walls. So if I don't attack him, what's he going to do? Yeah. Sit there behind his walls. Big deal. Yeah. And even if you know he does have a salt formation, you're like, well, maybe I'll just have to hold up a board wipe or something. Or I don't even know if he has it, though. Yeah, exactly. Um, another thing about making it to the late game with these cards is that you want to make sure other people are also attacking each other with your general. Because if someone points your own general at you, it's not that much fun. But they <laughs> don't want to do it if you have Righteous Aura out or Ghostly Prison and Propaganda and Collect Restraint. So they have to pay like six mana just to get a swing in at you. And just a 0 is pretty good, too. <laughs> yeah, that is. Um, so again, like we said earlier, one of the big things that hoses these kinds of decks are big board wipes just things that are like all right i hate all your walls guess what wrath of god kills them and doesn't care about their toughness yep um that's why you want cards like cauldron of souls in here um cauldron of souls i don't think has ever been better in a deck than one of these uh wall decks because uh cauldron of souls is a five drop artifact you can choose any number of target creatures and those creatures gain persist until end of turn so someone you tap it to do that yeah you tap it and you can choose all your walls to get persist and when it dies if it has no minus one minus one counters on it return to the battlefield under its control with a minus one minus one counter on it uh guess what your cards do not care if it goes from a 013 to a 012 yeah exactly and the great thing about cauldron of souls is once you put it out you can just use it on demand and Mm -hmm. then when they die they come back with one less toughness now if they die again they're gone but the new guys you put out you can give them persist yeah you know you, you can, can be keep that using guy. cauldron of souls yeah exactly and again it's just going with what the deck is doing which is just like oh man now i gotta slot i gotta kill each of those walls twice, twice now? yeah yeah no yeah, thanks pretty cool um soul of new phyrexia it's a card we talk about a lot it's just a creature that has an activated ability and you can either use it while it's on the battlefield or or when it's in the graveyard, you can do it one time, and it gives all of your permanents indestructible. Yep. 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 So this is great just to stop the big board wipes. Nev's Disc, uh, this laughs in the face of Nev's Disc. If Sylvan Your Phyrexia is on the battlefield, it just costs five mana each time you want to do this. Um, if it's in the graveyard, you just have to exile it to do it once. But yep. it's great because it means like even if they get rid of the creature that's doing it, you can still you get one more activation off it. Um, um, one of the expensive versions of that would just be Avacyn. Yeah who just costs a bunch of mana, but she just has that static ability of all your permanents are indestructible. Yeah, exactly. Um, There's Golgari Charm, which is black and a red, or sorry, black and a green for an instant. You get to choose one. All creatures get minus one, minus one until end of turn. This is great for just killing tokens if someone's getting out of control. Uh, You can destroy target enchantment, or you can regenerate each creature you control. So the regeneration is the most important thing here. And of course, destroying target enchantment is important just in general. So this is one of my favorite charms. Um, I think regenerating all of your creatures if you're playing a lot of them or you need them to stay alive till the late game is very important and this is just one of those gotcha cards yeah they think oh okay i'm gonna take care of this. them yeah like dang all right someone else board wipe you know there's like all right fine i'll bust my board wipe they're just killing themselves and you're like oh regenerate i'm okay so that's why i like a card like this um oh this is a card we haven't talked about enough it's just so it's so powerful in EDH if used right. It's Creeping Renaissance. I guess we haven't talked about a lot of tribal, so. Yeah. Um, Creeping Renaissance is three and two green for a sorcery. It says, choose a permanent type. Return all cards of the chosen type from your graveyard to your hand. So you're going to choose creature. Yeah. Get all your walls back. You and might even choose enchantment if you just need to get. It's a good point. You your... want to get in, uh, salt formation back. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it has flashback for five and two green, so you can do that again yeah. later. It's uh it's very powerful. Um This card is even better in this deck because all your walls are cheap. Yeah, a lot of walls cost two. So you're gonna be able to replay a lot of them and not have to worry about discarding due to hand size afterwards, which is why Creeping Renaissance can be a downside because it's like, oh, I'm bringing back all my huge like if it's in a Cali or it can't be in a Cali. If it's just in like a big Yeah, well green it's in green, so decks. it might be like, Oh, I get back a bunch of five drops, but I have to wait till next turn to cast. Yeah, them. exactly. Or I have to discard a couple, so like ugh, I have to keep the best ones. So Creeping Renaissance is just one of my favorite EDH cards that I don't see get get enough play. Craig was the one that introduced me to it. 
Um, and thank you, Craig. I, and thank you, Craig. Yeah, there's also Faith's Reward, uh, which is three in the white. Return to your battlefield uh, all permanent cards in your graveyard that were put there from the battlefield this turn. So it's just another way to get around the board wipe. Um, and also you're going to trigger a lot of the uh, enter the battlefield effects like draw a card. Speaking of board wipes. Oh, yes. So one thing you can do in a deck like this is you can have board wipes that are one-sided. So we talked about Retribution of the Meek before um, for the Alesha deck, actually, Mm -hmm. which is a board wipe that destroys all creatures with power four or greater. So, well, all your walls are less than that. Yeah, maybe a couple aren't, but if you're, I mean, you lose two things and everyone else loses 20. (laughs) Well, and the great thing is if you have Doran out or Assault Formation out, that Mm -hmm. makes them deal damage equal to their toughness, but it doesn't actually make their attack any greater than four. Right. So if Doran's out, your walls are hitting for, you know, eight, nine, ten, but they don't die still to Retribution of the Meek. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. good. Uh, There's also stuff just like Earthquake, Hurricane, which does X damage to each creature without flying or with flying in each player. And again, like if you have enough walls that are zero sevens out, you can do it for six and pretty reliably kill most things on the board while keeping your board pretty alive. And if you need to increase that number a little bit and get rid of some of your stuff, you're still affecting other players' boards much more than you are yourself. Yeah, for sure. Um, You know, another card you don't have written down here, it just came to my mind, is Meekstone. Oh, Retribution of the Meek, Meekstone. Yeah, that's why I thought of it. Uh, Meekstone is just a artifact that costs one. Oh, this is great, yeah. And it says, creatures with power three or greater don't untap during their controller's untap steps. Uh, so you just pretty good. slow down all their big dudes, and your walls, again, don't care. Yeah, and they're still, again, because Assault Formation does not change the actual power of the card, your cards just get around this in a really fun, nice way. Austere Command's another one that can destroy sort of all big creatures. It also has modes where it can destroy all artifacts or all enchantments, enchantments yeah. or small creatures if you needed to, which you probably wouldn't, but I guess a token deck once in a while might have you in a bad position yeah, where you're like, yeah. I'll just wipe it. And it's based on converted mana cost, and you should be able to, again, choose the two of these uh, modal choices that, that affect you in the best way right. or the least. Um, card draw, Ristic Study is just an automatic include in a deck like this. Mind's Eye, both of these cards award you for going along with the game, having extra mana. And again, with cheap walls that you're putting out that are huge, you're going to always have mana left over because you're not looking to do combat tricks in this deck. Right. You're not looking to do something flashy with your mana at the end steps. You're just, you know, you're making a token. You're doing stuff to just sort of sustain yourself. And you're going to have a lot of untapped lands a lot. And that allows you to use a card like Mind's Eye to the maximum effect. Yeah, I mean, I would look at cards like Phyrexian Arena, um, cards like even like Outpost Siege, Mm -hmm. just anything that's going to draw you extra cards. You've got all the colors, and you want, well, like we always say, mana ramp and card draw. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, My favorite category here, uh, because I saw a marvelous lack of this color in the original deck list, is are we playing blue? (laughs) Uh, Uh, Cyclonic Rift. Oh, man. It's like... Uh, if you're if you have blue in your deck, then Cyclonic Rift needs to be in it. Yeah, Supreme Verdict. Uh, even though it kills yep. everything, but it's just the one of the best board wipes if you ha- can play these colors. Um, it's just Wrath of God that can't be countered. Yeah, um, but it does allow regeneration, which is actually good because you have Golgari Charm. Exactly. Uh, Muddle the Mixture is one oh, of my favorite counter spells because this, when you transmute it, it's a two mana spell that you can find assault formation with Muddle the Mixture, or you can just hold it up as a counter spell, or you can just wait because if you're if you're holding a counter spell in your hand, you're gonna have it to use as a sorcery to transmute when it gets to your turn that you need to win the game. Right. We should read it. Uh, Muddle the Mixture is two blue for an instant. It says counter target instant or sorcery spell. So it's a two blue counter, but it's conditional instant or sorceries only. But like Jimmy said, it has transmute for one and two blue. And what that means is you can go, like we said earlier, find a card within your deck that has the same converted mana cost. So in this case, it's a little confusing because the transmute cost is three, but you can actually right. go find a, a card with casting cost two. Because that's what the mixture costs. Yep. Yeah. So assault formation costs two. Yep. Rolling stones cost two. Yeah. Those are the two cards you're almost always going to go get. Yeah, and just be it, Cyclonic Rift costs too. Oh, good point. Yeah. Really good point. So just being able to have that extra tutor in your deck. And again, these cards are not expensive as well. Uh, and actually, this deck as a whole isn't that expensive. Yeah, because walls aren't expensive. Walls are not expensive. Yeah, exactly. Um, also, cards like Phantasmal Image or um, Clever Impersonator, Phyrexian Metamorph, Phantasmal Image. All these cards can copy creatures or permanents. So if you need another Assault Formation, if you need another Vent Sentinel, like Josh was saying to me before the show, like having two Vent Sentinels 
That could just end the game. Is going to be game over, yeah. yeah. Um, um, Progenitor Mimic is a card you could play that does yeah. similar things, but it just keeps making a copy every turn. So if you were making a Vent Sentinel every turn, it could be good. I mean, that's really focused on Vent Sentinel. But, and also, those cards, can they're modal, right? Mm-hmm. So sometimes they copy your wall, but sometimes you're like, well, that guy's got you know something awesome over there, and I'll just take that. Yeah, exactly. Or yeah. like, wow, that would be really good in my deck. Yeah. <laughs> Guess what? You're playing blue. You can have it. Yeah. Oh, you've got a rune scarred demon. I want a rune scarred demon. Yeah. You know. Yes, yes please. Um, so let's get to the final category. Just other highlights. I think equipment is a big thing here. Um, you have walls that may have one power, and I think the important thing is you, if you really want to disincentivize someone from attacking you, you give them something that can give them death touch. Gorgon's head, Gorgon flail, uh, basilisk collar. Because if you, it's like, okay, sure, I'll swing through in your wall, but it's only a 2-6. Well, if that creature has death touch, then you definitely don't want to swing into it. Because mm-hmm. even if they lose a creature, you're losing something probably way more valuable in the process. So I think just in general, death touch is pretty important. Um, also, a card like Quietus Spike is very, very, very important in this deck because the goal is right to wait until everyone is almost dead. And then you can just kind of come in and swing with stuff. But that's the best case scenario. Sometimes someone else is going to be at 40 life. And it's just you and these walls. And then they have some crazy combos built up. They got this nuts Voltron General. If you can't get rid of it in two turns, you're going to die. Quietus Spike is one of those creatures that just helps end the game. Because uh, it gives a creature death touch. But also whenever a equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, that player loses half of his or her life rounded up. It's just one of those fast enders. It's like Heartless Hidetsugu. It's just you want to end the game quickly. Quietus Spike is going to get you there much more quickly because you just need one guy to hit them. Maybe it's your flying defender that can now swing in the air. And it takes their life down to half, and you're, you are able from that point to take them to zero much more than had they been at 40, and you just had to do like a, an attrition-y game back and forth, or you only had a couple creatures left. Uh, another card you've got down here, which I think is a yeah, must-include, is Warmonger's Chariot. So it's just two mana for an equipment. It says equipped creature gets plus two, plus two, but as long as equipped creature has defender it can attack as though it didn't have defender and it's got an equip cross of three so it's just another card that allows you to at least do something in those instances where you don't have assault formation rolling stones you're going to find that you're really dependent on certain cards Mm -hmm. so this card allows you to just be able to do something in those situations if you have doran out and a big wall you can be hitting for 10 that's not nothing that's definitely not nothing so we can't go through every card obviously um Let's talk about how we play this deck. It it is very much a politic deck. You want to go out there and not you don't want to brag that you have an all wall deck, but you just kind of want to let the cards speak for themselves. Which is, look, I can't actually do damage to you. I'm just trying to hold on here. I'm trying to play it to the long game. Everyone's gonna know you probably have something up your sleeve, but they're also gonna assume like you know what I'll be able to deal with it when it comes to it. So this deck has built in protection for board wipes. It's got built in protection for getting cards back from your graveyard, and it's got a lot of ways to tutor up your win conditions. And you choose when you drop Assault Formation, you choose when you go on the offensive, and you're just trying to find the best point when you can make a good ally with someone else or when it's just down to you and two other people and they're at a much lower life than you because you just haven't taken that much damage throughout the course of the game because you haven't been a legitimate threat. And also people just haven't been able to attack you. You know, there's this thing you hear all the time with decks like these and people will sort of be talking about EDH and they'll be like, always kill the guy who just drew 20 cards or yeah if a guy plays propaganda always kill the guy who played propaganda or you know what actually happens somebody plays propaganda and somebody's like well there's a dude with propaganda there's a guy with xenagos yeah and then there's a guy who's got nekusar as his commander i'm not worried about the propaganda guy because yeah he has something up his sleeve at some point but those guys are going to kill me now so it's always sounds good in the moment, and people will say, oh, I just always kill the Pillow Fort player. No, they don't. You don't. Because the Pillow Fort player is something that feels like you can deal with it later. Yeah. So that's the way you play it. You play that up. You sort of make comments throughout the game like, ah, I got to draw this card, and then maybe I'll have a chance to kill you guys. Yeah. You know? I'll get my tutor in my hand at some point. Uh... Yeah, exactly. So if you just play it right and your posture is correct, they just won't consider you a threat until it's too late. Yeah, and as the person with all the walls, you can be the active spectator of the game, like the guy that gets to watch the game and commentate, and 
it's funny because I've done this a lot of times where you separate, you almost pretend like you're not playing the game, even though you are. You just do your turn quickly and pass the turn. But then you get to comment on everything else that's happening at the table. You get to instigate. Yeah, that's my favorite. Yeah. It's like, ooh, man, why'd you do that? He didn't even do anything to you. Yeah, you know? like, yeah just... I didn't do anything to you. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, come on, man. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the, a deck like this allows you to sit back and be a pillow fort in a way that's not like Feldegriff, where it's forcing everyone to be friendly or whatever. Or you're well, to... and you're consistently in those type of decks, like actually doing stuff. Yeah, exactly. This is a deck where you're like, play my wall go yeah exactly it's it's easy to play and i think it's gonna be a lot of fun to pilot because it's a cheap deck to build you're not gonna be spending a lot of money on this and it's just one that you can whip out for fun because the the commander also provides a whole level of just craziness Mm -hmm. and i think that's really fun and you can of course tune the deck to be more about the chaotic side of things but i like her just being there to just add an element of you don't see this very often with game with decks like this well there's gonna be lots of turns you know where you drop assault formation you have corona and now you're attacking and you name wall. Yeah. And your walls are all just huge. And you actually like use the ability on Corona, like out of nowhere, no one would expect it. Yeah. So it's, it's pretty cool. And it'll, it'll, you'll feel good when you win that way. You know, a card I might think about putting in, although it's not on flavor, <laughs> but insurrection. Oh, yeah. Is a good a, idea because a good it's call. just a, a, the type of deck where you're going to sit there and then that, that can win. Now it's not on flavor. So I'm not saying you have to, but that's a way this deck could add a win condition. Yeah, if you find your, your win condition just not working or if someone else just is finding a way to get around your giant wall swing in, that's a, that's a, good, that's a good route to go. All right, so all right. the before and after of this deck will be on tappedout.net. All of the uh, links, of course, in the show notes below. And keep submitting those deck lists, guys. We love seeing these lists. We love seeing the craziness that's coming out of them. Um, and yeah, hopefully we'll pick yours for a future episode. All right, time for the end step. End step. You do you have one? Uh, ee- this is a was emergency that like, broadcast that's, that's warning exactly system. What I was say. <laughs> this this I is was, only a test. I was halfway through saying yes and just ended. Ee- I was like, yes, that's like a tone. <laughs> I do have an end step. Uh, that end step would be. Uh, our friend John Carmen makes a video every week for Rocket Jump. It's not an official video. Uh, they're, they're called This Week at Rocket Jumps, and it's an official series, but it's not like a Freddy W VFX explosion fest. It's stuff that our friend John Carmen does. Uh, he writes and directs and, and edits, and his friends, uh, Jake Andrews, is always in there. They're part of Ruby Dog Films, and they're always hilarious, weird, wacky, and dark. Um, and I think it would be awesome if more people just saw them because – they don't get as much publicity as I think they deserve to because I think if – well, for one, you can't release this sort of stuff on the main channel of Rocket right. Jump because people are expecting bigger, flashier content. So it gets relegated to the second channel, but that doesn't mean that it's a lower quality. Oh, a lot of them are funny. hilarious. In yeah. fact, um, they he did one on – when we did went to BlizzCon last oh, year yeah. that actually got onto like Blizzard's main website, which mm-hmm. they never do that when we were in the – what was that called? The something brawl? Heroes of the Storm Blizzard something brawl. Where the greatest um, upset in the history of esports happened. <laughs> and uh, anyway. It was a massacre, guys. We got massacred. But yeah, that was a, that was a cool thing that he did. And, yeah, um, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, and there's a whole, there's a whole bunch of, uh, yeah, they, of them. They're very silly. They take place in an alternate dimension of reality, kind of. And uh, this week, he released one with Clint in it and uh, i haven't seen this one yet but i did i i mean i've been meaning to yeah you just have to watch it it's incredible it's just so funny he also did the he, john also directed the uh, world's largest ball pit video oh okay which i thought was great it was a 17 minute video on the main channel of rocket jump and you don't see that very often and it's compelling the whole way through which is great um, so definitely if you go to rocketjump.com there's a whole area where the mm-hmm. this week at rocket jumps are and yeah. uh very very good stuff funny stuff yeah or you can go to youtube.com slash rocket jump to the number two and you'll find it all there for this week at rock jump all right everybody um don't forget to check out our sister podcast the masters of modern with alex kessler and ben bateman they talk about the modern format and competitive magic they've had great guests recently uh you can find them also on rocket jump right next to us on the podcast tab or you can find them on twitter at the mm cast our editor for the show is eli cuevas special thanks to jeffrey palmer for the living card animations on our videos at you can find him at Living Cards MTG. So make sure you give him a shout. He does some great work. Uh, also, thank you, Eli. You do some great work too, buddy. Thanks, Eli. All right. Until next time. Thanks for listening. See you later. Peace. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com. 
or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. (laughs) (laughs) Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly. Which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.